Welcome to the Neighbor Arts Podcast. This is episode one. My name is David Grogan. And I'm Daniel Garrick. And together we form Neighbor Arts. And what that is, as as you may have read on the website, uh, for those of you who have been to our lovely website, is still to be determined, or we're kind of figuring it out as we go. So uh, what does Neighbor Arts mean to you, Dan? <laughs> Um, well, I think it's kind of taking a look at the people around you. And I know I associate with a lot of artists of different mediums and stuff like that. And uh, trying to come together with people you wouldn't normally collaborate with and trying to do something, uh, something creative, something new or something uh, kind of inspiring to you. Yeah, no, and, I, and I agree. And I think, as we'll talk about a little bit later in this podcast, when we get to the Telltale Heart, uh, I think it's really interesting to see how people from different artistic backgrounds approach a single subject. So, for instance, when you look at the Telltale Heart, you know, from someone who's doing voiceover or someone who's writing, what kind of what kind of things do you look at in creating that artistic expression? And then from your side, um, you know, what kind of music or what kind of sounds does it kind of uh, bring out in you? So I kind of like that idea of different art or different artistic focuses coming together and focusing on on sort of a common thing. So you can see some of the overlap and some of the differences. Yeah. And there's so many different ways you can do it. The way we did it was kind of uh, interesting where you, you kind of recorded. Well, we decided that this is what we were going to do. Uh, you went ahead and kind of recorded your piece and we did some redos and kind of messed around with it. And then you sent it to me and trusted me to put the music over it. Uh, and it was kind of like a almost like blind, uh, blind testing. And we came out with something I think was really successful. I mean, there's always room for improvement. But yeah, I'm very happy with our finished product. I think in the, ne- the, the next time, because one of the things that I really noticed after I had done the recording and sent it to you, and I, I think you did a great job, but there's just so much more of the tone of your music that I thought of once I re-listened to it that I could have, you know, done some of the voiceover differently. Uh, not to say that you, yeah, I mean, you don't want the process to go on back and forth forever, but um. But yeah, so I I think it would have been interesting too to kind of maybe listen to some of the music first and then and and then do it. But anyway, so you know I think that's kind of a similar sense that we have going forward is um, you know finding different projects, approaching them, playing around with them, seeing what we do. Um, you know, obviously we want to make good stuff, but also I think it's kind of for fun and just kind of exploring. Yeah, absolutely. And l- yeah, going back to what you said, I think part of all of this is learning about the process of doing it. You know, maybe in future projects, if we do something like this, we'll go back and we'll say, oh, we'll do a few more takes or we'll uh, we'll try it a different way or we'll have a few more takes to try from and we can kind of do other things. But like I said, yeah, it's about learning to do the process and collaborating, which, uh, you know, some of us can get a little isolated into our own work and really become perfectionists. And I think it helps share the work a little bit. Exactly. And I, I think one of the things that we had mentioned um uh, you know, offline was that one of the hardest things to do and where a lot of creators get bogged down on is he's never actually finishing a project. So, it's, you know, uh, so we, we've accomplished that at least we've, yeah. we've, yeah. we've done that first step and, um, <laughs> Yeah, so many, and I just know this from writing too. There's just, it's so easy to write one paragraph, uh, look back on it, and realize how horrible that paragraph is, and then just give up writing forever um, and move on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And because, uh, you know, we always look at published authors or, 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 you know, anyone who's finished a creative piece and who's, you know, really good at it and go, you know, we're astonished by their brilliance. And because the only thing we see, though, is the finest final product, not the 9000 drafts where they also wrote horrible paragraphs to get there. So exactly. And I, you know, I, one of the things I'm learning um, and, uh, you know, it. it it can take a lot to get out of a rut, an artistic or creative rut. Um, but I think one of the things I've learned is that you just need to keep putting stuff out there. Um, you may not love everything that you put out, but if you keep 
moving on and doing something new and trying different things, uh, it really helps and you, you start kind of honing in on what you're good at and, um, and, and kind of find your voice. Um, but if you're, you're stuck on working on one thing over and over again and you just you can't get past it and it, it, you just want to quit, uh, you're never going to move on to the next thing. You're never going uh, to love what you do. Uh, and I think that was one of the things I'm learning right now. Yep. So and I am. Um, I agree. So I'm glad that we're both in the same place, uh, at least uh, in the same approach of this. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, no, I think that's a good intro to neighbor arts. Um, oh, I guess we can talk a little bit about sort of what we see for the podcast. Yeah. Um, um, and so, you know, I, so our plan for the podcast, um, as I think I may have mentioned earlier on, but is, uh, we don't know. We're, we're learning. This is our first podcast and, uh, we have some ideas. I, you know, obviously, when we do a, big, a bigger project like the Telltale Heart, as this podcast episode is, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that individual piece and and what we did when we approached it, and 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 some you know get a little dive a little bit more deeper into that individual project. And I can see those being you know standalone podcast episodes for our bigger projects. Uh, but potentially in between, you know, I think I'd that it'd be cool to have um, some standalone podcast uh, and what those look like. Uh, you know, I think we're still trying to figure out. We have some ideas about maybe exploring some themes um, from different angles. Um, but yeah, um, you know, that's kind of my idea of where we should go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, even podcasts could come in the form of like something like the Telltale Heart. Um, uh, we could also, you know, I personally have been thinking about music reviews, um, talking about artists and not, you know, not just a regular kind of music review, um, trying to find musicians or artists who've gone beyond to try to influence their sound through different mediums or, or collaborating with artists uh, to try to um, create a new sound or, or something like that. Something extraordinary, not just a, hey, listen to this album. Uh, I think it sounds awesome. And this is what I like about it. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the Telltale Heart. Um, yeah, let's do it. Uh, so, you know, I chose, you know, I, you know, I think we went back and forth for quite a bit. Um, you know, I guess not back and forth on stories, but just trying to figure out a good story to do. And I know I searched through a lot of open source stories because that, that was the other trick, of course, is that in this first process, we had to find uh, stories that we didn't have to pay for and were open, <laughs> open source. Uh, and using some of my stories just felt way too self-promoting. So. <laughs> right, right, right. And I think it helps draw some people into like knowing, oh, tell so hard. I read that in you know, high school or middle school or whatever. And, exactly. uh, you know, yeah. Or if you're like me, your mother read it to you as a bedtime story. Cause, oh, because my family's nice. a little weird. But uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's actually so. Um, that's actually how it came to mind. Is I got a new copy of the the works of uh, Edgar Allan Poe, which I have like three different books of his collected works now. And I was just kind of reading through and thumbing through, and I was like, oh crap! You know, obviously uh, all of his stories are open source. Um, I remember them. They're obviously. Super good stories. They've stuck around for quite a while now. Well, they make their mark. Edgar Allan Poe is just so... I, You know, even going to things like The Simpsons, where uh, they do a rendition of uh, The Raven, and then they uh, Lisa does a diorama of the Telltale Heart for her middle school English class. And <laughs> that's <talking> right. About <laughs> the... <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, and the Telltale Heart was definitely one of the stories that I remember from a kid, just because it's it's got that sort of the um you know the very memorable crazy guy who who kills an old man and and buries his heart you know <laughs> and can hear his heart under the floorboard so uh that stuck out as me as a kid um and then of course i realized also that it's got a very clear tie in with sound which is perfect for what we were looking at yeah. um which i didn't even realize until i i already was like um 
let's do the Tale Hell Heart. So, so anyway, that's kind of um, you know that's kind of why I approached it, and I thought it was kind of an interesting read. It was it was much more difficult, I think, once I started doing the voiceover than I realized it would be. Just um, some of the language choices, obviously, where there's a big gap in time and and uh, some of the yeah. agent stuff. No, I definitely um, felt felt the same way um, leading up to some of the music and trying to kind of encapsulate the the beating heart as something that wasn't necessarily a media right away. You know, you have to build up the anxiety and you have to kind of feed into it until it becomes really apparent that it's there. And that was that's that's the hard part. That's, you know, of of course, you know, you have that like beating heart, which sort of gets him and makes him go crazy but that's all the stuff that leads up to it i think is is really important yeah and and i really liked the uh, the heart effect that it's very subtle because you don't want something that's really just overwhelming and just like in your face so right yeah, someone listening to it might not even notice it the first time or really hear it though according to the some of the people on reddit they did hear it and didn't like <laughs> yeah, it but yeah uh, i don't anyway. know <laughs> um but yeah, I really loved how subtle it was and how it changes throughout as he becomes a little bit more agitated. Because um, that's the other interesting thing about this story from from both of our perspectives is he starts off, the, the whole point is he's starting off talking about how calm he is, how rational, how not crazy <laughs> he is. And that's how you know someone is really crazy. Oh, yeah, sure. Anyone, <laughs> and, you know, there's no context for the story. So we don't know who he's talking to. But I, I tried to imagine that he's, you know, in the the you know, 19th century equivalent, uh, equivalents of like, you know, the psychiatric Institute, just promising these people that he was, you know, he was <laughs> of course he's, he's confessing to the murder at the same time. He's, right, he's right. actually using the murder to say how sane he was because he wouldn't have been able to do the murder as well. Uh, <laughs> if he was crazy. And then of course, by the end, he's, he's just completely agitated again. Um, right. So there's that cool buildup. And he gives himself away, which is, you know, the worst part of it, you know, because the cops come, he's acting all cool, and he could have gotten away with it if he just didn't go freaking crazy. And right. I just... <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's his story, of course. We don't know what he actually did. At the, you know, right, exactly, of course. And, of course, that, that actually brings up a good thing. So I... Um... Uh, on our Facebook page, hopefully by the time this podcast goes live, uh, I really want to share that YouTube video that you sent me of the re- you know the the thug review of. Oh yeah, that's great. Because it brought you know, but it brought up another thing because we're talking about he says this and that, but there I as I think he points out in there, there's no indication that the speaker is actually male. Uh, it's just kind of assumed that he is, given the writer and kind of the situation. But yeah, I thought that a- was an interesting perspective for sure. Yeah. Yeah, the feminist reading that that um, that the eye of the old man that's constantly looking at the the author or the narrator is you know the kind of the creepy male gaze of um, you know kind of a, a creepy dude looking at a young woman and yeah she can't, I, she can't deal with it anymore so she goes crazy and kills him. That was so good. I had never heard that before, and I, that was such a fun way to point point at something. That was uh, it was very interesting. Yeah, and and who knows? I doubt Edgar Allan Poe thought of that. Um, but the fact that he doesn't, you know, indicate the gender of the the narrator leaves it open, and that's kind of the fun thing about all of this artistic art form is the, you know, the the freedom of interpretation. Um, you know, as long as exactly, it's, as long as you can support it with evidence, and um, it's not completely out of left field, and there's some basis for it in the text or whatever you're working on, like you know, that's the fun part is you get to explore and think about it in new and different ways. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, even we took some liberties. I believe, you know, I was reading through the text um, while I was listening to you uh, narrate it. And I noticed you changed a few things, uh, changed just a few pronunciations of words or you can you conjoined words and stuff like that. And I thought it, it kind of lend itself to a more modern reading of it. 
Yeah, and I'd like to say that all of that was intentional. Um, certainly, some of it was because, <laughs> um, yeah, because it just you know you try you're trying to be true to what he was saying, but at the same time, um, the language can come off as a little stilted. And so I did try oh, for in sure. some places to like uh, to make it flow a little bit better and get into it and more that you know to, to yeah to make some changes to some things. And and this at the same time, it's also a dramatic reading. So right. you did a very good job of trying to um, place what. Poe was saying in your own words and your own character that you created for this story. Right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And that's kind of a difference um, that I'm interested in exploring down the road, too, is kind of the differences between a dramatic reading and simply, you know, a voiceover reading of a story. And you know, Right, exactly. A, there's definitely a difference there. And, um, and we talked about that, too, when we were first starting this out, that we didn't want it to just sound like an audiobook. Right. Uh, yeah. We wanted it to be. Um, we wanted it to be its own thing, and uh, I think I know from personal experience. I was kind of inspired by things like Radio Lab or This American mm-hmm. Life, where they take mm-hmm. people's stories and they do create dramatic sort of readings of them. Then they have a composer come through and and create a whole atmosphere for the story. Right. And yep. that really creates a different kind of dynamic for something uh, that's just written on paper. Yeah, absolutely. And so that brings me back. Um, uh, again, I think I, I mentioned this in the earlier part of this podcast, but I really loved the score you did. And I thought it brought out the creepiness a little bit. And, um, you know, I think it fit what I did well. But just hearing your score in full, um, I think I could have done some more to make it, you know, to build into that creepy. But, you know, as we went, you don't want to go back and forth. And if the reading inspired, you know, the music, then, you know, what do you want to change about the voiceover based on the music and stuff like that? But uh, but it was it was interesting. And it's just another good example of how art can build on itself, because listening to your creepy score, I was like, oh, man, I could have really stressed <laughs> a lot of the creepiness in this guy because, um, you know. And it, it had some of that impact, but uh, you know, I I think it I think it really worked well together. And of course, at the same time, I was I was listening, going back to it, and you you listen to your your reading and you listen to your music, and sometimes it's hard to appreciate it all as one form right. and not just sit there and criticize. Well, I could have done a little <laughs> bit more when he said that. Oh. Oh, whatever. Right, exactly. <laughs> or, yeah. Um, or just, yeah, my pronunciation or cadence and the things that I'm super hyper-focusing on. So right, that's, right. That's right. the fun part about creating things. So, um, yeah. I, I was going to also say, did you, um, you know, I, I probably not, and I kind of, I did this intentionally or avoid it intentionally, but uh, obviously there's a lot of readings of Edgar Allan Poe's works out there, and I'm sure... Uh, I'm sure that we could just find some online too, but uh, I intentionally tried to not look at any other readings yeah, of Yeah, same here. Yeah. Exactly the same way, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm kind of curious now. I want to go back and do some Googling and see how other people approached it. Um, but yeah, that was, yeah, I didn't want it to kind of taint, you know, what I was doing, so. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, Poe purists would be 100% happy with what we did. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> well, in, in the Poe subreddit, we did get at least five upvotes, I know. so. Well, um, there you go. I mean, that that <laughs> equals a positive rating. That's right. That's right. So the Poe fans of Reddit do approve. Of the, they least. spoke and they approve. Um, exactly. Exactly. Um, cool. Anything else? See, anything else we want to talk about on the podcast? Well, I think I think one of the things we can bring up uh, is that we're always looking for new artists to collaborate with. And oh, if there's any people yeah. out there listening... Uh, we could uh, we could use your help, and if you see anything that you would like to collaborate on or, or hear anything inspiring, 
we would love to hear it. Or if you'd love to submit to us or show us your work, we'd love to hear it, listen, see it, whatever your medium is. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is all big and this is all a big exploration of just kind of creative in debt, you know, artists and sharing and seeing what we can build together. Um, so by the time this goes live, um, we do have a, a submit to neighborarts.com email address, and I will put that on the website and it will be live. So if you're interested, go to neighborarts.com and look for the, the submit um, uh, email link. And uh, yeah, let us know. And we're open to, you know, ideas and and anything that you have, like he said. So. Music, film, animation, drawing, poetry, yeah. writing, it's, anything. Yeah, especially yeah. if you have anything in the visual arts, because, you know, we've done a lot um, with sound now, and, and obviously we're going to continue to do that. But, yeah, visual, I think really both of us are interested in getting some of that, you know, or branching out into the visual aspect of things. So. Exactly. And going back to the Telltale Heart, but one of the things we talked about was possibly having a uh, an animation to go along with the Telltale Heart that we could put on YouTube or something that would kind of enhance what was going on. It was something we threw around, but if there's anyone who uh, thinks that would be a good idea, let us know. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, if you, think it's a good, if you think it's a good idea and you can do it, let us know. <laughs> right, right. That's I, the hell, key. if you just think it's a good idea but can't do it, still let us know. That's, that's fine. <laughs> well, I think that does it for us today. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next time. Do you want a uh, This Has Been a Neighbor Arts Production tag? At the oh, end? yeah. Yeah. You want to do it here or something? Sure, yeah. This has been a production of NeighborArts.com.